At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the biggest games of the football season are coming and bet rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push for your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. And welcome in, fine citizens, terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. We got some great lines to get to today, some college football futures after the epic title game last night, where I told you for the last week or so, almost 10 days, not just because they made my Michigan Wolverines look silly, but because they were the best team in college football that Georgia would take out Alabama. Yeah, it got off to a slower, lower-scoring start. But in the end, you saw both the Georgia offensive line and especially that defensive line and Brock Bowers and the running game and Stetson Bennett with those huge passes get the job done. And I ended, for you fine peeps out there, 70-36-1 against the spread in college football. We were on a 27-12 bowl run, one of those losses, the Wolverines plus 7.5, but I'm, I'm here for you always, and we're going to keep giving you winners. And I got a lot of NFL action to get you for the next several weeks through the Super Bowl. And we start doing more NBA and baseball and hockey and Olympics and everything. So uh, I'll keep giving you the winners. Keep watching and listening to the show. Uh, we, love, we love being here for you. We love doing it. We love the great guests that we get, and it's been a ton of fun. But yeah, I'm pretty proud of the 70-36-1 against the spread record in college Football. Well, let's get to the Motown betting window presented by Bet Rivers. And we are going to talk about the latest Dan Campbell approval numbers and kind of just a look back on some of the highlights and lowlights of his position of head coaching throughout the 2021 season for the Lions and just where we're at with Dan Campbell. We've got some interesting comments as well on, on the poll I put up. You can still vote on that uh, at Dan Leach971. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we, I will tell you this, some big news for the Detroit Red Wings that we'll get to in, in a little bit as well. Just more proof that not just Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing, but when you look at the Detroit Red Wings, and yes, they might end up not making the playoffs this year, 
But with all this young talent and, and what the track record of Stevie Y has been, and the fact the Wings have kind of been in the doldrums, the Phantom Tollbooth doldrums for the last four or five years after that great 25-year run of the playoffs every season, I think this Wings team is going to be a legit Stanley Cup contender very shortly. I mean, it might not be next season. It might actually be, you know, two, three seasons from now. But it's going to be a long-term contention type of thing back again for the Detroit Red Wings. And there's been a big piece added uh, for the Wings that happened uh, a little while ago here on Tuesday. But let's get into the Motor City betting window presented by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And I wanted to start with this off the national championship game before we get into some individual games in the playoffs. we got Pistons uh, and Wings games tonight as well. Hopefully nothing gets canceled. Uh, but let's start with the NCAA uh, championship odds for 2022-2023. Of course, the national title game, the playoffs, will be played in 2023. And no secret, uh, the, or no surprise, the favorite is Alabama, as they've been for the majority of Nick Saban's tenure. Uh, they're plus 150 right now at Bet Rivers. The Buckeyes, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, what's going on with C.J. Stroud? Uh, the Buckeyes, plus 250. They're the second favorite. Georgia. Who is going to graduate? A lot of guys like Jordan Davis uh, and some others on that line. But they're still going to obviously reload like all the SEC teams do, the good ones do. They are the third favorite at 5-1. to one. Clemson, who's going to be back to more of what we're used to seeing under Dabo Sweeney uh, in 2022. They are 14-1. to one. Oklahoma as well. Those are your top five. Then you've got Texas A&M at 16-1. to one. Notre Dame at 25-1. to one. OK State at 33-1, to one, along with Oregon and Michigan. That's where Michigan, uh, you know, weighs in. If you look at it, they're in the top 10, but a little lower than I thought. They'd be. Listen, Michigan's losing a lot, losing Ajabo, losing Hutchinson. Uh, J.J. McCarthy's going to take over at, uh, at quarterback, I would think. And, you know, you're getting Ronnie Bell back, but there's definitely some losses. Uh, Dax Hill, another one on the Michigan defense. So the defense could be a little different looking, but the offense could be really, really good. So Michigan there at 33-1, to and of course we've got to talk about the Spartans. Under Mel Tucker, Michigan State, 150 to 1. They have the same odds as Miami, NC State, Washington, South Carolina, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Iowa State, UCLA, Wake Forest, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, Tennessee, Boston College, and BYU. And we know that the Spartans don't get a lot of futures type respect. And this is with all due respect to Mel Tucker and the program he's trying to build. The Spartans should be in the top 2025. 20, uh, teams right now as far as the, with the best chance to win the national championship but Mel Tucker is the kind of guy that can prove all doubters wrong and we will see what happens uh, with Michigan State when they take the field in 2022 and I will say this when it comes to the hyper localized part of this thing Michigan State is hosting the Wolverines again with that quirky Big Ten East scheduling nonsense it's happened before they're going to they're gonna play him in East Lansing again so another big boon for the Spartans to host that game, but uh, Michigan obviously with a little revenge on their mind after being up 16 in that game earlier uh, or last fall, uh, they will be ready to face the Spartans in East Lansing. Those are your up to the second NCAA futures odds for the CFP championship next season. Let's get into some local action here. We got two games for you, both Pistons and Wings. Pistons off that great comeback and a nice win over Utah last night, kind of a forgotten game because. Uh, most of you were watching, like myself, the national championship game. But now the Pistons play the the really kind of improved and momentous Bulls. Bulls have been getting better and better as the season went on. And this is, a, you know, the back, back end of a back-to-back. Bulls minus 13.5 right now at Bet Rivers. 
minus 112. Pistons plus 13 and a half, minus 109. The Bulls minus 1250 on the money line, plus 750 for the Pistons. The total 219 and a half, over minus 109, under minus 112. No opinion whatsoever on this game. I've been telling you, I'm staying away from the Pistons for the most part. There was there was a thought last night. I just stayed focused on my big bet on Georgia. But there was a thought where I kind of liked the Pistons double digits plus the Jazz. There was some good analytics with that. But I stayed away, and obviously that would have been a winner. But tonight, absolutely no play on this game. I'm not touching the Bulls and laying 13.5 in Chicago. And I'm definitely not taking the Pistons. This could be one of those, you know, 120 to 80 type games. Or it could be, you know, one of these 90 to 68 type games. And the Pistons struggled to score. But Cade McNamara, or Cade McNamara, Cade Cunningham uh, had a great night over 20 points for Mac, uh, Cunningham in the win over um, the Jazz last night. He was definitely the hero of that game. And the Pistons is down too many players. Jeremy Grant, and I mentioned the banged up Isaiah Stewart and some others. So stay away from the Pistons right now. But the Wings, I do have a play on the Wings for you tonight. It's... In the Shark Tank, the Wings getting uh, plus 123 on the money line, minus 141 for the Sharks. The puck line for Detroit right now at Bet Rivers is plus 1.5, minus 210, minus 1.5 for the Sharks, plus 170, and the uh, the total is 5.5 over uh, plus 102. And remember the last time out, the Wings played really well against Anaheim. They ended up losing in a shootout 4-3, but you did have a nice goal in that game by Aronik and Bertuzzi and Nemstikov. So, you know, this Wings team, after kind of really struggling on some of this West Coast action, losing 4 nothing to the Kings uh, the night before that uh, overtime uh, the shootout loss to the Docks. Now they've had a day off. They play a Sharks team that, you know, is not lighting the world on fire. They do come off a three-game goal game by Ryan Hurdle. But I, I like the Wings tonight to win this game. I mean, it's a small play. It's a half unit play. But I'm going to lay a little cash on the Wings plus the 123. I think they're going to keep the momentum they got uh, for what's going on or what happened in the Anaheim game. And I like the Wings to get their 17th win on the season and still kind of fighting around uh, for, you know, the wild card playoff position. Right now, as it stands, the Wings are four points out of that second wild card spot behind Boston because they're only just 3-6-1 in the last time. And I think the Wings against the Sharks team that's not been playing, you know, the greatest of hockey overall. I think they're going to get the job done tonight in San Jose. I'm going to give the take the wings at plus 123, a half-unit play. Uh, the Sharks just a 5-5 five and five team in their last 10, but they have uh, won two in a row. And I mentioned that Ryan Hurdle game, the Hurdle three-goal game uh, that uh, was happened last time out for uh, San Jose uh, when they beat the Flyers 3-2 to two in overtime. Let's take a look at the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend lines. And uh, we never have had... A Monday night wild card game. It is going to be fantastic. Uh, Rams and former Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford with the Rams hosting the Cardinals. But let's take a look at what we got on the first two games uh, on Saturday. It starts with Raiders and Bengals. And boy, what a what a night that was on Sunday Night Football. One of the greatest games I've seen in years. Where it really almost came down to a tie that would have knocked the Steelers out. Instead, the Raiders get in with their interim coach, first interim coach, to ever lead a team to the playoffs. They will play the Bengals. This line's actually been moving down. It was six. There were some six and a halfs. Now it's down to five and a half for Cincy. Uh, there's definitely some money coming in on the Raiders. Some sharp money. I love the Bengals to win this game, but this could be a three, four point game. We'll have more. Well, by picks, by official picks later on in the weekend. But that's kind of the lean I'm looking at right now. I'm probably going to use the Bengals in teasers, maybe a money line parlay. But right now it's Bengals minus five and a half, uh, minus one ten both ways for the Raiders and Bengals in Cincinnati. It's a four thirty five start money line. Cincinnati minus two thirty five. Raiders plus 205, 
Total uh, is 49. Both the over and under are minus 110. And actually, I would lean on the over in this game right now as well. Then we've got the AFC Eastmates clashing in Orchard Park. 8-15 on Saturday night. Should be a cold, frigid night in Buffalo. And the Bills, minus 4. Both sides minus 110 uh, with the Patriots and Bills. The money line for Buffalo, minus 195. Patriots comeback is plus 170. The total is 43, both over under minus 110. Now, I will say this. I picked the Bills and the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl before the season. I am not switching my pick now. I mean, obviously, you look at teams like Green Bay. You look at teams like Cincinnati, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Titans are the number one team. There's a lot of teams that have a real chance to win it all. I mean, there's not like one consensus knockdown dragout team. I mean, Green Bay's the favorite, but Green Bay's got their, their flaws as well. I think the Buffalo Bills have as good a chance as pretty much anyone to win the Super Bowl. I, and, and you look at, you know, some of the futures odds right now. The Bills are the fourth favorite at 8-1. to one. I still think there's value there. The Packers, as I mentioned, the favorites at 3.5-1. The Chiefs, uh, plus 425. And the Bucks plus 750. I, I am a big believer this Bills team is going to make a run with Josh Allen and Diggs and that defense. So, I like the Bills in this game. I mean, it's a, four is a weird number. It's through that key uh, number of 3-7 and seven, uh, in college and pro football. But I'm definitely taking the Bills in, in multiple uh, situations with the four. Uh, I'm in some teasers, and I'm in on the money line as well. I think the Bills get by their division mate, the Patriots. And, and some it asked me on social media when you tease the Patriots up to 10. First off, I, I've told you this before. You don't want to do a ton of teasers. I do some of them. I mean, playoff time, when there's a bunch of different games through different days, I, I like doing some teasers, leaving them open. But this could be a Buffalo Bills 20-point win. I would not tease the Patriots up. I would tease the Bills down. Because I like the Bills to win this game. But they could win this game by a lot if Mac Jones struggles in his first playoff game. So I would not tease New England up to 10. I know some of you have thought about that. Because the Patriots do have a solid defense with that. The one side I would tease in this game is the Bills minus the four. Then we get to the Sunday games. Eagles and Buccaneers. This should be an interesting one. As Eagles could score a lot of points. There's definitely really, uh, you know, a Buccaneers team that's been inconsistent at times. Looked really good in their, their final regular season win against Carolina. Well, this Eagles team is such an enigma with Jalen Hurts and the you know the the run game they have and the ability for them to really kind of just dominate on offense at times. They did it against my Lions. The Lions aren't a really good team though. Bucks though right now at Bet Rivers minus eight and a half minus one oh nine. The Eagles plus eight and a half minus one twelve. Money line Bucks minus four hundred. Eagles plus three thirty three. And the total in that game is forty nine. Both over under minus one ten. The four thirty game on Saturday uh, on Sunday. Excuse me. It's a game that I love. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm going to get deeper into these games as we get closer to Football Friday. But I'm all about the Cowboys winning this game. The Cowboys are minus three right now. Uh, both sides minus 110 against San Francisco. Niners, you know, big win for them uh, over the weekend, getting by the Rams in overtime. Listen, the Niners have the ability to really be a balanced team on both sides of the ball that makes it, you know, very tough for teams to beat them in a big situation like a playoff game. I just don't have a ton of trust for them overall in the Cowboys who definitely leave a lot to be desired at times as well. That offense can be a juggernaut, and we saw that uh, over the weekend in their final regular season game. I mean, listen, the Dallas Cowboys have definitely had their problems at times, but when you look at an Eagles team that, you know, is in the playoffs, didn't have much to play for, but still gives up 51 points at home to that Cowboys offense, I think Dallas is definitely capable of winning the whole darn thing, or at least getting out of the NFC. But, you know, the week before they lost at home to the Cardinals, or are not playing good football. So inconsistencies for both these teams at times, and that's why... 
you look at that line, it's right where it probably should be. It's basically a pick em game. Cowboys minus three right now. Bet Rivers the money line. Minus 152, Niners plus 135, and the total is 50 and a half. The over minus 109, the under minus 112 right now at Bet Rivers. Steelers and Chiefs, the nightcap on Sunday night. Gotta love Sunday night playoffs and Monday night playoffs. Uh, this should be interesting because the Steelers barely got into the playoffs. Big Ben thought it was, you know, the, the season, career, everything might have been done. Yet they, they find their way in with the Colts' epic collapse against the Jags, and the Chiefs now host them at Arrowhead. And this is a high, this is one of the higher playoff spreads you'll ever see. Chiefs minus 12 and a half, minus 112. There's still money coming on the Chiefs. It could get to 13 or beyond. Steelers plus 12 and a half, minus 109. And the Chiefs minus 670 on the money line. Steelers plus 525. And the total 46 and a half, over minus 112. And the under is minus 109. It's a lot of points. We're going to delve further into that game uh, on Football Friday as well. And then the Monday night... First ever wild card game on Super Wild Card Weekend, 8-15 Monday night, Arizona and LA, two NFC West division mates. The Rams, of course, win the NFC West, even with the loss to San Francisco. Uh, the Cardinals lost their game to Seattle, so they were out of it. Um, and the Rams are minus four, another one of those weird four-point spreads uh, off the key number like the Patriots and Bills. But I feel the same way about this game as I do about Patriots-Bills. I like the Rams and former Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford. Uh, both sides of that, that spread, by the way, minus 110 at Bet Rivers. Rams minus 195 on the money line. Cardinals plus 170. And the total, 49.5 over minus 113 and the under minus 108. I have a small lean right now on the over in that game as well. All right, that is a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And coming right up, we'll talk the latest approval poll numbers as the season ends for 2021 and Lions head coach Dan Campbell. And just kind of a look back on what his job fair was like in his first season at the helm of the Detroit Lions. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. Well, it's no secret the Lions did not have a great year. I mean, this was a full rebuild. They had a lack of talent. They had lack of depth. They had, you know, a new quarterback not named Matthew Stafford for the first time in 13 years. And they finished 313 1. What was impressive was the Lions were a team that were in most of their games. The majority of the season. Yeah, there was a couple stinkers here and there. The Philly game and, and the Bengals game uh, against two playoff teams, obviously, at Ford Field. Two games actually picked the Lions. One of the rare times I picked the Lions, and they lost both of those. But they were in the majority of their games. I mean, it started in week one with San Francisco. They were down, down 24 at the two-minute warning and had the ball with a chance to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie that game late. That was nuts. They led Green Bay at the half on Monday Night Football on the road in Lambeau. They should have beaten Baltimore, except for the Route 66, Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal. You know, you look at the Rams game against their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford, played really tough football in that one. Um, you know, they tied the Steelers, another playoff team. Uh, they played the Bengals pretty tough, lost that game by three. The Bears game uh, on Thanksgiving lost that game. They probably should have won 16-14, uh, beat Minnesota on the final play of the game. That was exciting. Uh, you know, destroyed Arizona, a team that not only is in the playoffs, but needed that game as bad as anything. 
So the, the Lions either beat or played tough against pretty much every playoff team they, they faced this year, except for Cincinnati and Philadelphia. And, you know, beating the Packers without, obviously, their, their starters in the second half, uh, the final game of the season. But Dan Campbell, in his first year, ended 3-13-1. And, and we've done this most of the season. We started this, I believe it was after the Rams game. We've done this poll every single week since. And we've had numbers as high as in the 80s, almost 90% approval rating, and as low as in the 30s or 40s after that loss to Chicago on Thanksgiving. But we have it up right now. You can still vote on it. It'll be up for the next several days. We're going to talk about Dan Campbell and uh, you know the job he's done throughout the offseason and what needs to be improved on uh, next year and what he did well as well. Uh, but it's at my Twitter at DanLeach971. Here's the up to the second numbers. Uh, the, the question was asked simply as, do you approve of the John Dan Campbell uh, did? Did I say Don? Dan Campbell. Uh, did as the Detroit Lions head coach in 2021. 87% of you so far, say that you approve of the job that he's done. And 13% disapprove. Now, before I get to some of the comments and, and my thoughts on this, this is the important piece of this. Because a lot of you throughout the year, we've done this poll, and I think that the majority of you have understood that, yes, we're not talking about, oh, great job for a 313-1 coach. It, this is a work in progress as far as this is a team that it completely is taking everything down, rebuilding themselves, they're not going to have very many of the players on this roster in two, three years from now, maybe even next year. And that it's all about identifying what this team was like as far as its connectivity to this first-year head coach. Because, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you know what it was like during the Matt Patricia era. The majority of his players, the high majority of his players, could not stand him. Patricia often late to meetings, fought with the media. There, I've never seen more players, former players or current players, celebrate on social media when a, when a coach gets fired. It was unbelievable how much angst there was towards Matt Patricia, which sadly was his own doing. I mean, obviously, I'm not sure. I'm sure not all of it was his own doing. Some people just are hard to get along with, and maybe he wasn't that bad as certain players, but they still just kind of follow the crowd. But for the most part, it was Patricia's fault. And hopefully, if he ever gets another NFL head coaching job, he'll learn from his mistakes. That being said... Some of you are saying, how can you approve a 313-1 coach? This year, I've been saying this since months and months before the season started. It was never about wins and losses. Never. The Lions were never going to be in, in the division race this year. They never were going to be in the playoff race this year. They were. It was about figuring out what kind of team, what kind of coach Dan Campbell was going to be able to be early on in his tenure with a very lack of talent and lack of depth late in Detroit Lions team. He lost Okuda, one of his top you know, could be one of his top uh, defensive players in the early part of the season before the regular season got going. And it looked like, based on what we saw in, in training camp, that Okuda could have had a much better second year than first year. You know, there was no depth at all wide receiver. DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, Jamal Williams banged up all season long. Offensive line had some injuries at times. Obviously, you look at, Matt, you know, Matthew Stafford leaving. Jared Goff is not Matthew Stafford. And Jared Goff actually at times did play pretty decently and played well at times. But he was hurt as well and all the COVID stuff. So you're not looking at the 313-1. That's that's what I think is silly by some of you. And I understand the frustration as a longtime Lions fan. I'm one of them where, you know, when are we going to stop making excuses for coaches to, you know, have 313-1 records or, you know, to go 4-12 and or whatever it is. I get that. But this is the bottom line. It is worth the brutal loss and frustrating games 
for a couple years, maybe even three years, if it means you become a long-term viable contender for a decade or more, a la the Steelers and the Ravens and the Packers and what the Niners did in the 80s and 90s. I'm not comparing the Lions to those teams right now, obviously, because the Lions have no track record like like that, but that's what it's all about. If it means going through some really tough, frustrating years, the loss to the Ravens this year, the almost comeback against San Francisco, the the stupid loss to the Bears on Thanksgiving, and again, the Lions outplayed them 80-plus percent of the time. If it means that kind of stuff to get for a couple years, two or three years, to the other side, then it's all worth it if you're a a true fan of the Lions. So let me read some comments here, and and I'll tell you where I'm at with this. And me and my great producer, Stephen Jung, biggest Bears fan in the world, we've been having some back and forth on this, and he's like, you haven't really given me any tangible reasons why you like Dan Campbell. It's just ideas. I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I want to. Uh, Steven's going to be on the show again soon. We, we love bringing Steven on. But here are some comments for you. You can follow us on my Twitter, DanLeach971, and vote on the poll as well. Here's Jason Stachel, Jay Stachel on Twitter, saying, There needs to be an in-between. He made terrible coaching decisions, but the team rallied around him and improved as the season went on. Well, I, I wasn't doing this poll as an in-between. It was either approve or disapprove, and that's on purpose. Yeah, there could have been, need to see more. Well, of course you need to see more. It's a 313 team. But I wanted a hard answer on approve or disapprove. And by the way, my answer is approve for number one, his first season. Here's one from uh, Cruz on Twitter. He made the Lions fun to watch. Couple games lost on last second field goals. Won a record kick. Pittsburgh should have been a win, but neither team wanted to win, LOL. All in all, Dan Campbell did a good job. Penny Sewell was really good. And here is some uh, stuff from Rob Knoll. Made terrible decisions or made mistakes. Almost same thing, but a little different. People seem to forget he's a rookie coach. What impresses me is his improvement week over week as the season went on. What wins me over is not making the same mistake twice. And there was a response from Jason here to that tweet uh, on this thread from Rob. Jason uh, says, Lions mindset is hiring a coach and accepting quote, mistakes. This is a big boy league. You don't hire someone and accept bad decisions. Thankfully, they are fixable issues, but rookie head coach is an acceptable excuse when it comes to time management and fourth down decisions. That's kind of the comments that we've been getting on both sides. And I'm 100%, I get where you're coming from, uh, Jason. That's, that's, I will tell you this right now. I approve from a macro view of the job that Dan Campbell did throughout this year for many reasons that some of you mentioned on Twitter, like Rob, where it was improvement week over week. Yes, there was, he made some terrible time management decisions, kicked field goals when he should have gone for touchdowns, went for a touchdown when he should have kicked a field goal. The, the millions of times they went for a fourth down, where, yeah, a lot of them I liked the moxie, but inside your 28-yard line sometimes it didn't make sense. I understand all that. But some of you that are saying that you, you have it's a big boy league and you can't make mistakes, he is a rookie head coach. Yes, he was an interim in Miami for, I think it was eight or ten games, but it wasn't his team. This is his team. He's got a six-year deal. He was brought in before Brad Holmes, the GM, was. You can make mistakes if you learn from them. Are you going to try to tell me that back when they were young head coaches, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Tom Landry, Don Shula, you know, Vince Lombardi, whoever you want to throw up there, I know I'm naming the all-time greats, that they never made mistakes and learned from them? Of course they did. They weren't the greatest coaches in history in the first year or two of their careers. And a lot of them worked their way up from coordinator or position coaches or grad assistants like Gruden did, whatever it is. You, of course, can completely learn from mistakes and not make those mistakes again. That's the name of the game. And if you can do that, which Dan Campbell seemed to do throughout the year, yeah, he still made some boneheaded decisions. But as the season went on, you just saw when he took over the play call from Anthony Lynn, especially the way that Dan Campbell called plays in the Green Bay game uh, in Week 18, you could see that he was learning and getting better. 
at understanding situations. Now, that's why 2022 is such a big year. Some of you have asked me, does he get at least two? Should he get at least three? I think that NFL head coaches, I know it's not the way it works anymore because guys get fired after one season these days, Jim Tomsula and some others. Uh, I think you need at least three years. If the Lions are really all in on this rebuild, which they need to be, the first time the Lions really ever rebuilt, they tried to rebuild on the fly, but never really actually committed to a rebuild and hired the right guys like Brad Holmes and went out of the organization to find the right people. If you're all in with this, I think three years is fair. Now, if next year Dan Campbell, you know, wins one game or, or they go winless, there's different discussion. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Lions will be a better team and win more games than three uh, and have that tie, obviously, next year than they will this year. They'll have more talent for the draft. They'll have free agents. They'll hopefully have a healthy Okuda and Swift and others. And Jared Goff will be in his second year, probably his last year, but at least his second year, not his brand new, uh, you know, tenure with a, a new team after being with the Rams his whole career and obviously Stafford being here his entire career. So 2022 is a big year. If this team is still fighting hard, even with the lack of depth and inferior talent overall compared to some other teams, then Dan Campbell is going to have a really good chance of being that coach and the Lions wanting him to be there because he's the right guy. Things could go the other way. There's a lot to evaluate in 2022, but that's where I'm at with it. I think Dan Campbell definitely made his mistakes. I think he learned from a lot of them. I think you can see that Dan Campbell got better throughout the season. This team loves him. I know that some of you think it's silly, the bite kneecap stuff and all the cliches. Think about if you were lucky enough to play in the NFL. And you had a very dry coach like Belichick. Yeah, I know I understand he wins. But I'm saying someone like that or a personality guy like Dan Campbell that was a former player that's, you know, in your face, good and bad, that wants you to be fired up, that knows how lucky you are to play football, knows how lucky he is to be coaching football. That There's not that many of those kind of guys in the NFL. I have a lot of good friends that are, that are Broncos fans. And obviously, you know, Vic Fangio getting uh, the axe at Denver and, and understanding that, like, you know, that, that's a much older guy and there's not much, you know, fired up atmosphere about Vic Fangio. Uh, so, you know, it's one of these things where in this day and age in sports, you don't have to be young, but you've got you've to be relevant to these, these younger players, these millionaires, these guys making a lot of money. Think about what Jim Harbaugh did, bringing in Mike McDonald, getting rid of Don Brown, not being so stubborn. You know, the whole pump it up, raising the chairs on the sidelines for the Wolverine, the connectivity of that team. Uh, you know, that's what you want to have, even though it's pro and you're getting paid. Well, college guys are getting the NIL, NIL, uh, NIL deals. NIL, I can talk, I swear. But, you know, they're not professionals. They're still amateurs, and that's what the difference is between college, obviously, and pro. And if you've got a coaching staff, I mean, Aaron Glenn's getting some looks from other teams. Uh, obviously, the Lions will have a new offensive coordinator, but Antoine Randall, some other guys that played the game. I think Campbell put together a pretty darn good staff. And there's a, you know, the team has got this synergy where there's excitement. They're, they're, they're playing for each other. They're excited about it, even in losses. I mean, think about this. The Lions were 0-8. You know, they got blasted by Cincinnati. Uh, they ended up coming back and playing tough against the, the, uh, the Rams. Then they got blasted by Philadelphia. They could have just mailed it in. A lot of teams with bad coaching staffs and bad, you know, kind of vibes would have. But then they tied the Steelers. They, they almost, you know, beat the Browns uh, in a game on the road. They should have beaten Chicago. They beat Minnesota. Towards the end of the season, the Lions, you know, were playing decent football based on what they had. And I know that it's not about betting numbers when it comes to, you know, a team needing to be good and, and be a successful playoff type team. The Lions were the second best against the spread team in the NFL. They were 12-5 and five against the spread, which means, yeah, sometimes Vegas was maybe undervaluing them, but teams that are good against the spread are teams that actually play tough. 
because the NFL is a, a you know it's a, a league filled with parity, and a lot of games are very close within three or seven points, one score, all that kind of stuff. So that's something else to look at as well. I'm not saying that Dan Campbell you know did a great job because he was a good covers guy. Winning Lions fans should like that though if they bet on the Lions because uh, the Lions were 12 and five against the spread. But it's one of those things where that's all different factors that lead into you saying, okay, the record sucked. It was a frustrating year for the majority of the time, but it's the first year of this whole new regime. And Dan Campbell had the Lions fighting very, very hard. And that's why I, along with 87% of you, approve of the job Dan Campbell did in 2021. 2022 is going to be a big year. It's got to move forward again. Think about Jim Schwartz after 0-16. He brought the Lions to improvement in each of the first three years to the playoffs. And obviously then he started going backwards. you got to see that improvement again. You know, whether it's six wins or seven wins or whatever it ends up being. But definitely more than three in 2022. And the team's got to be the same kind of connectivity and fighting hard and being connected to their coach and their coaching staff. That's what I want to see in 2022 from Dan Campbell. we got a lot of time to talk about it. Of course, a lot of time to talk about the Lions and the draft coming up as well. Uh, but that that that's my feelings right now on Dan Campbell. I don't see how you can say you disapprove in his first year where there's such a lack of depth and inferior talent and a brand new quarterback, and yet this team played so damn tough. You look at the schedule, the only games they really got blown out in were those, that Eagles and Rams game. And yeah, they didn't play great against Denver as well on the road in the end, but that game was close for a while. Uh, I guess, you know, the Seattle game as well that, that happened late in the season. But then the rest of the games the Lions were in there. They're either one-possession games or they were close to that. The Lions had leads in some of those games and really kind of fought hard. So all in all to me, it's an approval in 2021 for Dan Campbell. would love to hear your thoughts. You can uh, react to it on Twitter, vote in the poll, leave your comments there at DanLeach971. All right, that's going to do it for us today here on the terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe, and share. We love each and every one of you, and we love you getting the word out there, and we love doing the show for you uh, all week long. All right, until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, is out on this frigid Tuesday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare